0: Genius for life, coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, hello there from wherever you are in the country or internationally. This is 15 Minutes of Genius. I'm your host, Alex Spare. I'm the CEO and founder, if you couldn't tell already from all the onslaught of logos, there's five of them, four or five, genius juice. So this is a, a show where I bring on investors, I bring on people that work in operations, consultants, uh, sales, um, all over the map with CPG, and they offer great advice and insight to the entrepreneurs that are watching, typically on LinkedIn or on YouTube. So we have an amazing guest tonight. She is a dear friend of mine. I've known her for, I think, almost since I started Genius Juice, like five or six years ago. Before rolling into that, I'm gonna give a quick plug for Mark Nicholas over here. Mark and Manhattanbeachstudios.net. Here he is, he's working overtime. He works every day except for Thanksgiving night and Christmas morning. I'm just kidding, kind of. All right, so let's roll right into it. Melissa Ficina, she is the CEO and founder of City Ops. A little background on the company. City, which is Sanskrit for success, provides operational knowledge execution, and support for entrepreneurial food and beverage brands determined to achieve success in the competitive marketplace. Melissa boasts extensive manufacturing and operations experience cultivated from an early age through hands-on observation of strategy planning and execution at Johanna Foods, I think I pronounce that right, one of the country's largest dairy and beverage companies with the most state-of-the-art facilities in the business, from hand-palatizing yogurt, Containers at an early age, and most people don't do that at an early age, palletizing things.
1: 11, man. What? At 11.
0: At 11. Oh, my God. Most people are playing with Legos. You're playing with pallets. To managing top strategic accounts, Facina has handled all facets of scaling privately held food and beverage businesses. Melissa, how is it going out there in New York?
1: What's up, man? Thank you so much for hosting me. I'll say I've been watching... Uh, w- with so much pride beaming at what you've created, uh, n- not just in Genius Juice, but certainly uh, here uh, with this podcast. And I'm super stoked to be here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It means a lot to me. And it's really cool. We connected, you know, uh, very early on when I started Genius Juice and you provided awesome advice on co-packing and all these things. And then there was a lapse, you know, and then we st- you know, of like a couple years, and we reconnected, and I, I just love how small the the industry is, and how we all know each other, and it's just a great industry. People are helping each other. So let's let's totally. ro- let's roll right into it. Tell us your story of of how you created CityOps. Um, we heard your story about palletizing uh, dairy dairy pallets at the age of 11. So that one already blew my mind already. Emoji blown mind. But tell us <laughs> about how you created CityOps what you guys and gals offer and uh and what is the value for brands that are looking um for help in those areas
1: for sure you know city's actually morphed uh into both a service-based business uh in city ops um and we've been fortunate enough to launch uh, a sister entity called city capital uh this year so uh you know, the long and the short of it right now is that we're marrying operating knowledge, capability and execution uh, with capital. I launched CityOps specifically, which was the, the, the first uh, in my journey about seven years ago. Uh, you touched on the fact that I have a super unique background and expertise. Uh, my dad bought some bankrupt fluid milk dairies um, when I was 11 uh and got my first palletizing job on a factory floor which i'm fairly certain uh would be illegal these days (laughs) um but uh but but really great education Um, i got an amazing feel for um producing a product at scale and commercial viability that it doesn't matter Uh, you know, how many sales orders or or opportunities uh, or customers you have. If you can't make the product, make it uh, in volume and make it safely, then really it doesn't matter. Um, So uh, I stayed uh, in our family business for really the better part of my entire education. I turned 30 and I feel like all these light bulbs went off. Uh, And, and, you know, the main light bulb was I cared a lot about what I perceived to be a broken food supply system uh not wanting to consume you know a lot of the products that were on the shelf and readily available um and the fact that i had this this unique operating knowledge and expertise that i thought i could help the industry by pairing that and bringing better quality products to market so i launched city ops uh really just me for the first few years uh talk about scaling a business outside of your own skill sets that was a challenge and tough and certainly something we've navigated over the years Uh, but fast forward to today there's an awesome team Uh, of expert operators at at various levels um and we run the back end of about 30 companies right now uh the the, those businesses range from you know zero dollar venture backed uh to about 25 million in in revenue before we have to start replacing ourselves with an in-house team um and then with that launch city capital this year uh which i think is a feat raised 65 what will be a 65 million dollar fund uh Mm. in 19 days amazing uh during the pandemic
0: amazing yeah, and we've, we talked about it where I remember when you were, um, you know, working on the fund and I thought you were just starting on it. And you're like, no, no, it's basically done. Like we're, we're closing it and we, we raise this much money. So I think it really shows to me that there is a huge market for, you know, natural, organic, better for you. That's what you believe in. That's what you live and breathe every single day. And you've inspired investors to come into your fund so that you can invest in brands that are really in a way changing the world and changing the way that we eat and the way that we drink. I wanted to go back to what you said about quality, because I, you know, Mm -hmm. I talked about this with, with people, you know, just I've been on the show in the past, um, especially with something like genius juice, right? Like we sent you some bottles and there was some temperature abuse on the way. And one of the mocha's went bad and I was embarrassed, but like making, no man, it happens it happens. So like, you know, I guess some things you can't control after it leaves your facility, right? If there's temperature abuse, but for brands that like have like such natural ingredients, right? Like we use coconut water, coconut meat or other kombuchas. Like how do you work with brands to ensure that every time a bottle, I love just, I'm like doing a shameless plug, you open the bottle (laughs) and you're going to get the same experience every time. Like how do you set up guardrails and systems to do that?
1: you are asking one of the toughest questions frankly uh, in the industry the other tough question is how do you get capitalized um, making a product is easy uh, and I and I put it in parentheses for a reason uh, anybody can make a product in their kitchen uh, can make it in a small batch manufacturing facility uh, or a commercial kitchen but moving it to uh, a larger scale facility where they can make products, um you know at scale uh comes with risk there are uh, tons i mean hundreds if not thousands of new food and beverage products uh launching every year right now um competing for line time and competing for for manufacturing partner attention and so you're really only as good as your manufacturing partner in my opinion Uh, It's a big part of the reason why I'm blessed to have had the experience to come from a co-manufacturing family. I now know what it feels like to be on the other side uh, and can sort of navigate those relationships with the middle of the road intent uh, instead of all brand favorable, which is what most people come into it with. Um, So I think it's first Picking the right manufacturing partner. Not everybody has that luxury uh, because uh, of scale uh, or resources. And so the next stage for me would be evaluating the gaps and really spending time being honest. No ego, uh, putting somebody who's an expert uh, in front of these manufacturing partners, not just on the phone, but literally on the ground. Uh, reviewing what systems they've got, right? You, you've got to be HACCP compliant. Uh, many people have gone uh, into the uh, other certifications like an SQF or um, or, or beyond, um, but that doesn't necessarily make uh, for a great partner for your product 100% of the time. So I would say I'd be reviewing uh, their internal processes I would have an expert uh, on site, not just to vet them, but vet them making your product specifically. Uh, Start to build a plan around um, what hazards or issues or gaps that you could potentially have. I mean, something like like genius juice is super unique. It can spoil in ways that maybe, let's say, a tea uh, or a carbonated water isn't going to. And so you have to understand what ingredients you're, you're utilizing and what their weaknesses are. Um, I have always found that, uh, there's always somebody smarter than me. Uh, and I want to find that person who's got that intelligence and knowledge, uh, in that vertical. And I want to put them, uh, p- put them in front of my product, uh, or my brand and business. And uh, frankly, that's how we built our team was, was hiring a whole group of people who are much smarter than I was.
0: Surround yourself with geniuses, right?
1: That's right, man. Yeah, You got it right.
0: And I really, one thing that you really hit on is like with many co- co-manufacturers or co-packers or co-mans, all really means the same thing. Um, really
1: working Actually, with... they're different.
0: They're different, okay. Tell us the difference. <laughs>
1: uh, there's co-manufacturing, <laughs> there's co-packing, and there's tolling relationships, right? right? Co-packing is exactly what it sounds like. You're sending usually a pre-made product or something that doesn't need to be processed. Let's talk about a trail mix, right? Buying nuts uh, or dried fruits from somewhere. You're not changing the structure of those goods. You're sending them to a place. They're putting them into a, a, a bagger uh, or manually bagging uh, if they're a small facility. Uh, and then your finished product is done. So you're not changing the composition of any ingredients or uh, you know what it looks like coming out the door other than, than, than blending. Popcorn probably is a similar thing.
0: So that's co-packing. Um, that's co-packing. That's, that's Okay.
1: That, 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 that's right. Um, Tolling is usually attributed to something like an HPP line, where you literally send a full finished good somewhere, uh, and you're only paying for processing. Right. Um, you can make the argument that a bagger, purely just a bagger, could also be a toller. Um, A a co-manufacturing partner can come in a few forms, by the way. It can come in full service, which is buying all your raw materials for you, buying your packaging for you, um, changing the structure of your raw materials, either in a blend, a cook, um, you know, an extrusion, and then you get something out uh, in a finished package that looks different than the inputs that you put in. Um, you can also have a co-manufacturing relationship that changes all those inputs, but that you're purchasing uh, the raw goods and packaging for or any variation of that. But, but the reason I call that out is most people m- kind of interchange them, as you just called out. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a legal perspective, not true. And also from a risk perspective, not true. Title transfer uh, or, or title, you know, kind of risk and or title changes uh, depending upon how, how, how those are set up
0: got it well wow. okay I just uh, you just gave me a whole plethora I'm gonna use the word plethora here <laughs> of you know I feel fancy now of information um, just I thought they were all the same and they're definitely not this is just a small like the tippy tippy top of the city ops iceberg on what you can learn by working with their organization right and she said she's not even the smartest person <laughs> like she hires people that are smarter than her in certain areas so this is i'm sure there's even levels above that so oh my god uh, it's sim- simply amazing what you know and what your team knows and the professionalism and one key thing with um i'm gonna say a co-man now i'm gonna use the word co-man especially like in our case, we work with a co-man.
1: Yeah, you use a co-man.
0: Is really partnering up, strategizing, and working together and being really hands-on so that that the product is made exactly the way that you want it. And that is, from personal experience, that's super, super key is to be very, very hands-on, not just drop off a bunch of ingredients and say, okay, I'll see you when the product's done. So something that I've really learned from the experience, which is being very hands-on and proactive. Um, Okay,
1: Can I add on to that? For for a second, because I think it's really important. Um, Brands run the risk of being really annoying, uh, for lack of a better term. True. Um, When you have low volume and, you know, really are such a small player uh, in the sphere of what these co-manufacturing partners are doing. And you say, I want to show up for every run. Uh, I want to be here. I want to watch what you're doing. I want to micromanage you. I feel like I can make the product better than you. You become an annoyance uh, a lot of times, and uh, that's a downside. And uh, when you're fighting for line time, frankly, uh, two things happen in that case. One, they either pick a brand over you uh, who, who requires less hand-holding, uh, or two, they charge you more. And so I think your approach is correct, uh, Alex, and, and, and frankly, that's how you get the best quality product out. What I would say is important is that you have to marry that with the human element of business, right? That's one thing that I think we are known for here in city, and that I push to great extent is that there are humans on the other side of that business who care about things, who want things, who need things, and frankly, you have to have a good and healthy equal relationship with them and then they want to do better for you they want to give you access that they're not otherwise going to give but if you come in demanding um or with an ego or uh you know don't care about that human element you, you put yourself in a tough position
0: exactly that is really really good advice yeah because it's true if you're a small brand and you're trying to go into a co-man and make demands and micromanage you could easily be either, um, you know, you're, you're, you, can, you can lose your line time to someone else where someone takes your slot, who's much bigger, or you might get kicked out, right? Especially if this co-man has a lot of business. So yeah, you're yep. right. It's, it's, you know, people buy from people. It's all about really relationships. That's the foundation of, of everything in business, right? Not only personal, but business. So that's really great advice. Okay, so we are almost out of time. We have a new program that you've not seen from previous episodes, so we're just gonna we're gonna uh, sideswipe you with this one. This is called Oh no. The Rapid Fire Questions. Rapid
1: Fire Questions.
0: <laughs> Pretty cool, right? All right.
1: How much time do I get to answer them?
0: Uh, you're going to get about one minute. I'm looking at the clock right now. It's a digital okay. clock, which makes it really freaking hard. There's no secondhand. So I'm just going to guess what a minute is. So, okay. So here we go. Just rapid fire. First thing comes to your mind. No sensor, which is great about you. You just answer right away <laughs> from the heart, like a true New Yorker. All right. So, in sync or backstreet, boys? In sync. First thing you do when you wake up
1: sadly i look at my phone
0: <laughs> movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times
1: uh, pretty woman
0: okay good i think I'm saying documentary on operations i'm glad yeah
1: it's really embarrassing that i just said pretty woman
0: that's a great movie richard geary you know song you can listen to an unlimited amount of times
1: uh nirvana by sam smith
0: oh not nirvana the band but a song called nirvana okay interesting yep favorite national park
1: oh yosemite
0: yep mine too what's your spirit animal
1: i feel like it changes all the time uh frankly right now i'm i'm sporting a wolf
0: wolf okay gotta go faster window seat or aisle seat on an airplane
1: oh god aisle
0: peanut butter or almond butter peanut cold weather or hot weather cold yeah of course Where, where are you at right now cold brew or hot cold brew or hot coffee Hot. LeBron James or Michael Jordan?
1: Michael Jordan.
0: Hell yeah. Ginger or turmeric or both?
1: Ginger all the way.
0: Favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island and you cannot say coconuts?
1: Oh, no. Um, <laughs> fresh fish.
0: Fresh fish. You're just like a <laughs> castaway, right? All right. So that is our rapid fire questions with <laughs> Melissa Ficina of awesome, City man. Ops and City Capital Thank you yep. so much for joining us. If someone wants to get a hold of you and contact you, what is your email and
1: website? Yep. Um, the easiest way is to go to info at uh, S-I-D-D-H-I ops, as in O-P-S, dot .co, don't do the dot .com, uh, or info at city, S-I-D-D-H-I, capital.co. Again, uh, both of those infos uh, go to me, but sh, don't tell anybody that because uh, that's a hidden secret.
0: Yeah, or you're the owner, right? It's got to go to you in the end, right? It filters down. So that's like me too. Contact at Genius Juice, support at Genius Juice, Shopify at Genius Juice, <laughs> Amazon at Genius Juice. And my own emails go to me, Alex at Genius. I, it's probably ironic. I probably miss more emails to my personal email than the rest of them because I get so much more <laughs> in my personal. All right. So thank you again, Melissa, for joining us. This was a, a true honor to have you on our podcast and uh, take good care, okay?
1: No, dude. Thank you so much. Awesome.
0: All right, so that is episode 25 of, of 15 Minutes of Genius. I've been actually almost ending on time, like 15 to 17 minutes. I'm doing a lot better at keeping my time here, which is important as an entrepreneur. So uh, thank you again. Big plug again to Mark Nicholas, Mark and Beach for all your editing desires. And one last thing, operationally, you got to stay genius, my friends. Genius for life, coconut smoothies coming at you.